0: Hey, friends, and welcome to Body Image with Bree, the podcast. I am your host, Brie, or Brianna Campos. I'm a licensed mental health counselor in the state of New Jersey, and I'm also a body image coach and educator. I also have clinical experience working with eating disorders. This podcast is designed to help you make peace with your current body. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of diet culture, body image, and learn how to make peace in the skin you're in. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today's episode is featuring just me. It's a solo episode. It's actually a uh, pre-recorded IGTV live that I did the other day. Um, And the conversation was just so powerful and so important. And the audio and the video just sort of got all messed up that I decided, let me figure out how to get this audio into a better format so that everyone could continue to hear and benefit from this message. So, in this episode, we are going to explore who profits from that thought. It is a question that I often will ask myself, especially when there is a narrative playing in my head, and I need to ask myself who thought, who benefits from this, and if it's not me, someone else is. So, with that, I also wanted to add that. If you are listening to this in real time, that my 12-week body image grievers group has officially closed, but I still have spots available in my Wednesday 6.30 p.m. and my my Wednesday 8 p.m. group, which launch at two different times, one now and one in six weeks. So if you are listening to this and you are ready to jump in and start with your body grief journey... And you don't want to do it alone. Uh, spots are still available. So, And I had said this, I believe, in the live. Uh, I don't know if it still made it into the uh, to the finished version. But if cost is the only thing preventing you from coming forward and saying, I, I want to do this group, meaning you you are willing to try to figure out a different payment plan that works for you, then email me at hello.bodyimagewithbree. At gmail.com and we will find something that works for you. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. And as all my podcasting friends say, remember that all of this is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only. normalize the discomfort that you experience when your body changes. There's a difference between discomfort and distress. And if your changes are causing you distress, there is a story there. We have to understand what's the issue. Like, why is it problematic for you when your body's changing? I also think one of the things is what keeps us in shame and isolation is not being able to say some of these things out loud. Do you desire thinness? if this is something you're struggling with, I would ask yourself, what does thinness mean for you? So if thinness means that you're able to shop in the stores that you want to, that you're familiar with the body that you're in, if thinness means acceptance from your peers and from society, from your family, from your doctor. So if you're desiring all of those things, I want to just normalize that for you. It is normal to want to be accepted by our peers. It is normal to want to be accepted by society. But if you're asking if I desire to just merely live in a smaller body, the answer is no. Do I desire those other things? Yeah. Do I desire social acceptance? 100%. Do I desire being able to find clothes that make me feel good, that fit my body and are inexpensive? Absolutely. But what we have done in society is we have ostracized people in larger bodies as this is bad it is bad to exist in this body and therefore you should do everything you can to change it and so in that and this will kind of go into some other questions as well is who profits off that idea do i profit or benefit No. Because I'll tell you, having been in a smaller body before, I was large in a smaller body. I was maybe a small fat as opposed to a a medium fat like I am now. I didn't feel any differently. I still desired social acceptance. I still wanted to fit into clothes that weren't fitting me. I still wanted approval from my doctors and I never got it. And so, one of the things I've really had to work through with myself is if I am not going to gain the approval of everyone in the world, do I have my own approval? And five years ago, probably not. But through a lot of changing my mindset, challenging my thoughts, yes. So I think it's a deep question to ask yourself to explore of what does thinness mean to you? And is it really just about the body being smaller? Or is it about the things that that smaller body guarantees for you? And this leads perfectly into the second question someone asked is, how do you learned to love yourself in a fat body when you've been told for decades that makes you unlovable? Well, again, so first, what we need to do is we need to acknowledge that that has been a message that has been taught to us over and over and over again. And I don't know if anybody else who's in a large body has ever felt this way. I used to get pissed off when my smaller body friends would be like, oh, I'm uncomfortable with my body or I'm so fat. And I'd be like, you have no idea what it's like to be in a large body. And now, now that I'm in a healthy mind, I believe my thin friends when they say they don't love their body because I don't actually believe body image is about our body. I believe body image is a mindset issue that when we change and shift our mindset, then we can start to view our bodies differently. And this is why thin people, smaller body people, this is why the world is obsessed with changing our bodies. And because someone profits from that, because we can have short, instantaneous transitions where we're like, wow, I'm smaller and I'm getting all this praise and acceptance. But are you getting acceptance or are you fitting in? One of my favorite authors, Brene Brown, says that fitting in is a hollow substitute for belonging. And that true belonging is belonging to yourself first. So, If you're fearful that your fatness makes you unlovable, ask yourself, do I love myself? Do I find myself lovable? And if the answer is no, that's where you need to work. That's the first place you need to start. Because then if you're not lovable to yourself, no matter if somebody else loves you, it's not going to make a difference because you're going to be like, they're lying. I don't believe you write these out, write these beliefs that you want to have out. One of the things that I realized through this journey is dieting can offer you a quick fix. Mind shift doesn't happen automatically. Mind shift takes a long time to undo. So I start with writing something that sounds true and feels true to me. And I write it out on a post-it note. So on a post-it note by my desk, I have written out, you are not for everyone and you are loved and damn it. Sometimes it sucks because I want to be for everyone. And at the end of the day, I can spend all of my energy trying to get everyone to love me, or I can ask myself, who loves me and whose opinion do I care about? Is it everyone's or is it a small few? So I have a small few people whom their opinion of me truly matters. And most importantly, my opinion of me matters. What if my fat is really unhealthy? Here we want to unpack, well, what is fat. Right? So let's say you're saying, well, because I'm in a larger body and my blood work came back. So clearly my fat is unhealthy. Is it your fat body that's unhealthy? Or is it maybe the habits that you're doing that are unhealthy? Before you leave and you be like, oh no, stay with me. Health is only made up 30% of what we eat and how much we move. 30%. The rest is impacted by so many other things like access to medical care. If you don't have the ability to go to adequate medical care, how can we actually assess your health? If you do not have access to take care of your mental health, how much does that impact your overall health? Financial freedom and financial stability, that impacts your overall health. So to just say my health is in my control and it's controlled because of my weight is sorely disillusioned. And if you want more information on this, Linda Bacon and Lucy Afflemore have a book called body respect, which I highly recommend. And they talk about all of the aspects of health that really play a part in this. And I will tell you, I'm in the largest body that I've ever been. I have not moved for, I would say like actively moved for nine months of this pandemic and my blood work came back perfectly. Perfectly. And I'm in the largest body I've ever been. So, why do you think that is? I have actively been working on my mental health. I have actively been working on my relationship to sleep. We spend so much time focusing on weight when what we need to do is call into question our whole life habits, the way we're moving through life, the access we have to things. And is it okay? Can we approach it without judgment? Nine months it took me to be okay with not moving nine months that anytime I was sitting on my couch and I was like, Oh, I should go for a walk. I really should go for a walk. I should do this. I had to say, Brie, do you have full permission to rest right now? And if the answer was no, I gave myself, I said, this is it. You're out. You're done. You don't have to. And guess what? Just like with intuitive eating, when I was like, if you tell me I can eat donuts, all I'm ever going to want to do is eat donuts. I had a donut for the first time yesterday and it was so good that I was like, I want one today. I can't tell you the last time I ate a donut before this because with freedom comes permission. One of my goals is to be able to go to this, this summer I wanna go to the beach. I didn't go to the beach last, all last year and not because of how my body looked, but because of how I felt in my body because I was like, I'm gonna feel pain and feeling pain in my body is gonna make me feel bad about myself because I'm thinking it's personal responsibility. What I realized is no matter how much I moved in my life, you know what I sacrificed? I sacrificed mobility. I sacrificed flexibility. You know, before the pandemic, I was able to like throw sandbags, but you know what I wasn't able to do? I wasn't able to walk up a flight of stairs without compromising it. I wasn't able to get off the floor without pushing onto something. I wasn't able to tie my shoes but I didn't care about those things because my body was smaller and that's what I cared about was maintaining that smallness, not on flexibility, not on mobility. So now those are my goals. You know what I did in PT on Friday? I literally said, I want to figure out how to stand up off the ground without having to push up on something. And I did it. And I was so excited. And I was like, it feels stupid to feel excited. He's like, no, he was like, this is relearning strength in a whole new way. Again, If you're focused on your body being unhealthy, I would lean into what do you think unhealthy means and are you just looking at diet and exercise or are you looking at the whole picture? Next question, did you find your joints or body hurt more as you gained weight? No, but what I did notice was as I lost strength, I connected more to my chronic pain. And in the beginning of quarantine, I remember feeling bad about it and was in this whole new journey of body grief. So for perspective, me, body image with Brie, spent nine months in body grief around my relationship to movement. So much so I didn't really feel comfortable sharing because I was still trying to process through it myself. And now I, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I see that Oh, like this has been a habitual thing my entire life, that there is morality in body pain, because we believe body pain to be our fault, our personal responsibility. Whereas now I know body pain is actually my body speaking to me. Kernelized motivation to body movement has been life-changing because it's not connected to Will I be as strong as I once was? Will I be as thin as I once was? It's not connected to comparison. Sera one of my favorite trauma therapists on Instagram says, comparison is an indication that an inner need is not being met. Take that in for a minute. Comparison is an indication that an inner need is not being met. So rather than comparing yourself to your old body and thinking, oh, that body was smaller and that body was more able of, what am I missing? What am I missing from that old body? And what can I do right now to feel better in this body? So how do I stop fearing that my body will never stop gaining weight? Again, if we're taking this as a mindset issue, what is the mindset? If I'm afraid that my body will never stop gaining weight, What's the fear? So I used to think that of like, yeah, intuitive eating is great and listening to your body is great, but what happens if I get bigger and bigger and bigger? And the the fear that I think most people struggle with is they're afraid they're gonna end up with their own television show about how fat they are. Cause that used to be mine. I was like, I am going to be on that show and I will not name it because it bastardizes eating disorders that it's something that you can control. And I'll, go, I'll say that again, that any television show that says that you have control of your weight loss by doing some great measurable thing is bastardizing eating disorders. Because if somebody has an eating disorder, the last thing we would ever recommend would be restriction. And if you're working with somebody who's recommending that, run for the hills. So how do we stop fearing that we're going to end up being on a television show about how fat we become? first I argue that you're not you're not following enough fat people you don't have enough references in your mind of people who are fat who are living their best life who are married who are dating who are having great sex who are wearing beautiful clothes who are doing all of the things that you think that your larger body won't be able to do so it's not necessarily about the larger body it's about the loss that comes with that larger body and where do I start from there? First, you have to build awareness around the thoughts of what am I afraid of happening? What is it that I'm afraid that's going to happen if my body gets larger? Two, you need to follow people who are fat. I have a list on my highlights. I have my favorite fat providers that are on there of people who are living their life. Now, let me tell you this. It's not that they're struggle-free. It's not that fat people aren't having hard times. It's just that their body is no longer the reason that they're not having a good time. There are amazing fat people doing and living their best life. And maybe it also requires you to unfollow a lot of people you love. Maybe right now our mind needs a reset that that's not the only way to live. I am five years into this work for myself, health at every size knowledge, four years, not even five years, four years into this. And... I am just able to now talk with people who disagree with me because it's no longer a reflection of me. It used to be like, nope, my mind's going to go down this rabbit hole. Now, just now, am I able to do that? So if you need to unfollow people, that's a boundary you need to set, and that's okay. So how do I deal with feeling happy about body changes? And I would argue you that maybe you don't need to feel happy about it. Can you just become inquisitive? Can you just... See it and say and recognize it and be like, okay, my body's changing and I don't want to feel negative about it. I don't want to feel bad about it. And if I do, can I understand why? So I'll give you an example. Beginning of COVID, I started becoming really aware of when I would sit in my computer chair, it was hugging the sides of my body. And instantaneously, I got that feeling of, oh no. A less learned version of Brie would have panicked and would have started going down the rabbit hole of like, now's the time I just got to, you know, pull myself together and just do what I need to do. And just that willpower. But my wise mind, the part that I know now that loves and takes care of me says, what information is being told to us right now? You're uncomfortable that your body is hitting the sides of the chair. And in that moment, I was not able to assess why. I did not have the ability because it was so painful. So what did I do? I put a new chair in. I said, I'm gonna put this chair. I'm gonna give it away. I gave it to a friend. I bought a new chair that didn't touch my sides. So I didn't have to sit in that suck while it was still causing me distress. You see these clothes here. These are all clothes that I'm probably gonna sell that I had to go through and say, these don't fit me anymore. And I wasn't ready to give them away because it still hurt, it was still personal to me, because it felt like I failed. And I had to lean into that narrative. What narrative are you teaching me? What narrative are you telling me? And is it a true narrative? The first time my body changed and I was uncomfortable with it, I was like maybe eight or nine. So I'm letting an eight or nine-year-old pain dictate my future now. There's some nine-year-olds in my life who I absolutely love I would not let them make decisions for my life as much as I love them. And so my adult, healthy, you know, therapized, counseled version self says, okay, this is a wound. We have to address this wound. But what can we do right now? We can get a new chair. We can put the clothes outside. We can take the, the distraction away in the moment so that I'm not distracted by it. And when I have the time, the space, and the ability to unpack it, then I will. When I'm stressed, I lose weight and I find comfort in this. And why? There's still morality attached. There's still a narrative attached to losing weight is good, gaining weight is bad. There was one day I was not hungry and I went out to eat, listened to my body. I got a small appetizer because I wasn't hungry and I was proud of it. And instantaneously, I was like, ooh, why are we proud? That I'm not hungry. And I realized there was a narrative there that I had done the good thing. Fast forward a week later, if it wasn't nailed down, I was eating it and I was judging myself. Why are you still hungry? As opposed to being like, wow, we're really hungry today. Let's listen to our body. There was still a distrust with my body that it wasn't going to do the right thing. So, how do we rebuild body trust? How do you rebuild trust? If somebody has broken your trust before, what things do you need to do to build that trust with them? For me, it is a conscious effort, but they are going to they are going to try. Number two is connectedness and time spent. I spend time with you. I connect with you. I think many of us get caught in this pattern of when a body discomfort comes up, we shove it down. And then when it comes back, we shove it down more dieting is the most potent example of distraction that we don't have to connect to our bodies changing. And then you know what else we get? We get people who will praise our bodies, people who will be like, hey, you look great. What are you doing? Tell me what you're doing. So it sends this message to our brain that we're doing good things, when in reality we're restricting and nobody sees the struggle and we don't share about the struggle. We just share about the good parts that are happening. Rebuilding trust is going to be an important part of making peace with your body. Why is it harder being smaller than my boyfriend? One of my friends, Nally Piekoff, her handle is Need to Talk. Like Need, like baking, because she's a baker, and she has shared so many prompts on this, and it's so good and it's so valid. And the reason you feel bad that you're smaller than your partner is because someone profits off that idea. Somebody benefits from that thought process. We have allowed society to dictate which one of us is quote unquote marriage material and which one's not. Who's going to date you? No one's going to date you if you're in a fat body. No one's going to date you if you're larger. Your partner is going to not love you anymore if your body changes or if your body's smaller. What I would do, if this is something that you are struggling with, I would ask your partner to write out all the reasons why they love you. And if that seems hard, maybe do it yourself. What would your partner say about why they love you? I can guarantee that the number on the scale is not the reason that they love you. And if anybody does say that that's the reason, I don't know about you, but for me, that person wouldn't be my person. And it's not to say that our partners don't also struggle with fat phobia. They grew up in the same culture that we did. But... If you are waiting for your partner's approval of you to make you feel better, you're going to be waiting a long time because what you're actually looking for is that confirmation bias. You're looking for them to be like, you're right. You're too big for me to love. Oh gosh, that just it's so mean. It's so mean. I guarantee you that your partner loves you for who you are. And, and this is something I do a lot with my clients and my providers is I ask, does that align with your values? Would you ever withhold love or affection or approval of somebody in your life because of their body size? And if the answer is no, then that truly doesn't align with your value. What that says to me, you've put this expectation on yourself. I put confidence that if your partner's with you and your partner loves you, they love you. When people say to me, don't you desire thinness? For me, the only way to attain thinness was through restriction. And no. I don't miss that. I love that I can wake up and be like, you know what I want today? A donut. Yesterday I went to see a friend and they were getting bagels. And she was like, do you want us to grab you one? And I, I got to say no, because I said, I'm going out to lunch and I wanna make sure that I can eat lunch. If you had ever asked me if I would ever say no to a bagel, I would have told you no, that I was addicted to bagels. But I got that autonomy. And my bigger body has allowed me that freedom. That yes, maybe the cost is a larger body, but it does not mean that I don't experience love, acceptance. It means that I get food freedom, which is life-changing for me. How do I not hate my body when I physically don't fit into places like rides and booths? And so here again, I'm going to answer this in the same way of who profits off that idea that you don't fit. So think about an airplane. If they were to take less seats, make them a little bit spacier, do they profit off of that? Do they profit off of your comfort or inclusion? No. In fact, seat prices haven't changed. If anything, they've gone up. And not only have they gone up, but also the seats are smaller, if anything. It's not meant to be comfortable. It's meant to be cost effective for them. And we have to stop seeing it as personal responsibility. If you were tall, and you were to go to the theater the seats would be uncomfortable for you because the seats are so short in the front nobody would blame you because you're tall and so what I'd say is it's not about being more comfortable it's identifying someone's profiting off of this and does it align with my values to hate myself when I'm not included and if your answer is no it doesn't align with your values friends doesn't align with your values. And so that's, we need to keep coming back to your values. How do we build trust in a romantic relationship with our bodies? Talk to your partner, have the uncomfy conversation. Listen, I don't, I need you not to dismiss me. Like <laughs> I, I've, I've heard people be like a partner's like, I don't even know why we're talking about this because I need to talk about it. Okay, this is important to me. I need to hear it from you. I need you to remind this to me until it no longer bothers me. I've had abuse from other partners who've made me feel bad about my bigger body. Can you please help me with this? Can you help me in this process? Another question. How do we navigate family who don't get eating disorders and know their thoughts on gaining weight? First thing I would do is I would ask yourself. Do I desire the relationship with my body that that person has with theirs? And if the answer is no, then then what is it that I'm looking for? Am I looking for their approval? Again, there are people who don't like me. I try not to think about it too much because I think I'm very likable. But there are people that I'm too much for or they don't like what I say or they don't like what I do. And that's okay. I, that's okay. So one, I want to do something I talk about all the time is let's sit in the suck. It sucks that we will not have the approval of our family, but they will make it harder for us to heal at the same time. What can you do? we can set boundaries, set boundaries up of, I'm going to tell my family, we're not going to do this this time. If there's any diet talk, I'm going to leave. My favorite thing is my autonomy and how I respond. It's like saying that like everyone has to like chocolate. There are some people who don't like chocolate. They're wrong, but people don't like chocolate. So it's, it's this undue pressure that everyone has to approve of me. And so my favorite thing about setting boundaries is I get to decide what those boundaries look like. Sometimes I feel bold and brazen and, and I get to be like, excuse me, I don't want to do this anymore. We're not having this conversation. Very, very, very few times does that happen. Other times I'm like, I just get to smile and I get to think, that's sad. This is what your life is. And that it could be so much more, but it is not my job to educate everyone. Boundaries are important. Boundaries are hard and it's important to talk through those things. All right. I'm going to take one more question. So this question says, how do I embrace my body but still work on my fitness to be well here for my little girl? I can't shake that, that this is still linked to my weight. I think that this is, it goes back to the, the same conversation we have is what is fitness? What is ability and is it connected to goodness? If you can Detach the morality from your ability to move. Guess what? Your little girl is gonna love you no matter what. She is gonna love you for being her mom. She's gonna remember. You know what? My mom was there for me. Whether or not you ever say anything about your bod- their body to them, kids listen. And they're going to hear you and your relationship with your body. And that's going to impact them. I had a family member who nobody made a comment about them, but they witnessed somebody else getting made fun of or getting put on diets. And that has severely impacted their body image of themselves. And so what happens is then body dysmorphia has developed where they think that their body is wrong and their body is not the size it should be. If you're ready to process through these questions, if you are sitting in this grief around body image and you want support, I have an offer for that. I have my body grievers group. My body grievers group is now a six or a 12 week offer where you can come and sit with like-minded folks and grieve the body that you have right now. And guess what? I'm running the group and I have my own body grief, my own body grief around movement. So it doesn't matter how skilled or how excelled you are in this field. Everyone who has a body has a relationship to it that they're working through it this group is life changing. I always say it's not magic, but it's magical. Like I don't know how else to describe it. Every time I meet, I remember my own body grief. And I remember feeling alone and feeling isolated in my body image journey and wishing that somebody could just sit with me in the suck. Somebody could just be like, yeah, you're right. This sucks. As opposed to, have you tried this? Just love yourself. You know what? It, sucks that we can't find clothes that fit our bodies. You know what, it sucks that society tells us that we are unlovable. So that is that is the heart of My Body Grievers group. If you've listened to this and this resonates with you, or if you're a provider and you know a client who would benefit from this group, the link is in my bio and I'm gonna share uh, it in my stories. Groups are already starting to fill up, so don't sleep on the Buddha. I hope I was able to play a part in your body image journey tonight and remember my friends that there's no destination, that there's just learning and unlearning and we're going to do it together. So much love to you. Bye friends. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Body Image with Brie. If you like what you heard, please like and subscribe to this podcast, comment a review below, or share this link with someone you care about. If you share this episode on Instagram, be sure to tag me at Body Image Bree so I can follow along with your podcast listening journey. If you're interested in learning more about my offerings, feel free to check out my website, BodyImageWithBrie.com. Thanks for being here, and until next time.